that's what we got. That's the gossip. I mean, the best part of it all is not anything that happened in the episode. It is Hannah Brown's brother. That's iconic to me. I'm smiling now thinking about it. Hey, Emily. Hey, Kayla. Dude, I can't lie to you. I was like already feeling so exhausted today and so drained. And the realization that The Bachelor was on at eight, just, it was the nail in the coffin. (laughs) When I tell you it bummed me the fuck out, I took a nap. I took two naps today. Oh my God, I took a nap today too. And I'm not a napper. Like it's rare that I take a nap. I took one because I finished all my studying and I was like, you deserve this queen. And then I took another one right before The Bachelor because I was like, if I don't take this nap, there's absolutely no shot. I'm going to stay awake for this episode. Yeah. And I was right. I would not have stayed awake because it was so fucking boring. Nothing happened. Yeah. And and obviously like we love, well- There's a lot of problems right now with it. But obviously, we like The Bachelor enough to start a podcast about it. It's just a note that this season is so boring. If I wanted to just talk about something that bored me, I would start like a Star Wars podcast, which I know is a very vicious attack on Emily. That wouldn't hurt me, but okay. Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. You're entitled to your own wrong opinion. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, but like, if I wanted to just talk about something that bored me, like I would pick a different show to have a podcast on. It's such a bummer that this season has been so boring. And we'll we'll get to everything going on with Matt James. And, and he just posted a statement today about everything that's going on. It's just so disheartening that I had such high hopes for this season. Right. I was pumped yeah. the fuck up. I mean, it's been so, it had been so long. Obviously we just got The Bachelorette like 45 seconds ago, but this whole getting back into The Bachelor because of the hiatus, because of COVID, it was like, we're so excited, like bring it on. Yeah. And then it happens. And I liked Tasha's season Me quite too. a lot more than I like this. And I love Tasha, but this season is just, oh God, bores me to tears. Anyway, without further ado... <laughs> We kick off the episode with a preview of Rachel splitting in half and we're like, wait, what? And then they're like, anyway, so let's get into it. And we're like, okay, great. I'm not saying this because Rachel's a racist, but I am also not saying that they're not correlated, that the most interesting part of the episode was Rachel plummeting. Now- (laughs) I'm very glad that she's not injured. I would never wish anybody to be injured in a skydiving accident, let alone for The Bachelor, of all things. However, it did feel very on the nose with everything going on that we then watched Rachel faceplant falling out of a plane. Like, it just seemed a little, it seemed a little on the nose. It kind of felt like, what is this feeling? Hope? You know, we're going to get into all the ever evolving drama that goes on with this situation. But I do want to say Rachel has released a statement. Matt has released a statement. Everybody involved has released a statement. So at this point, I will refrain from more Rachel slander until I get to hear her speak. Yeah, no, that that was completely a joke. Obviously, we were not like rooting for people to be hurt, but it was like, wait, what am I looking at? Also, very pointedly, they chose to show this clip with everything going on. They definitely like re-edited it. They were like, people have to feel bad for her. So anyway, very interesting. But then we get into quite literally the only good part of the episode well first we get more b-roll of matt james working out we have enough b-roll of matt james working out from this season i could make a full workout series like i said i felt very emotionally drained and exhausted today and i tried to shake myself 
out of it by working out. It didn't work. And then it was just like rubbed in my face that it didn't work when I saw Matt James working out and like being so chiseled. I was like, well, I guess better luck next time. Anyway, we get into Michelle's date and very cute. Uh, Michelle is a teacher, as we remember. So she takes Matt into this little like theater thing at the Nima colon and a bunch of her students are on Zoom. Um, and he gets to meet some of her students. They ask him questions. It's cute. They ask him pretty invasive questions, but if you've worked with kids, they're not, they, those kids came up with those questions. They weren't prompted to ask anything. Yeah. It's like, who's the plan? It's like, that was, that was herself right there. That was just pure. Are you going to get married? Are you guys going to have babies? I was like, keep going. Have you guys kissed before? So good. It's so cute. It made (laughs) me tear up. It was such a sweet date. It was like one of the only personal ones we saw. They also rode bikes and it showed them holding hands while riding bikes. And I was like, it's so cool that their stunt doubles held hands while riding bikes. Like, I love that so much. And not wearing helmets. There's no way that that was actually them holding hands while riding a bike. Who can do that? No, stunt doubles. Take it to my grave. Also, 20 years ago on like Disney Channel, when we were like still ignoring racism as a problem in this country, the cancel culture would have occurred if a character rode a bike without a helmet. That would have been the cancellation. No doubt in my mind, they would have a full Lizzie McGuire episode about it. So yeah, very cute date. Like absolutely precious. Love to see students. Like very, this is what I really liked about her date and also Serena P's date and Bree's date. They were actually like trying to be like what it would be if they were at a hometown date. Like this is what we would do, but like, you know, COVID, but these are my students. And like, normally I would take you to my classroom, whatever. So Great. It reminded me of um, Vanessa Grimaldi's hometown date yes. on next season. Really cute. So they do the, they meet the kids. Super cute. Then they go to her quote hometown, which is a hotel room in the Nima colon and meet Michelle's parents who are now everyone's parents. Michelle is now sharing her parents with the entire country. Michelle's parents and Tasha's parents should be the new hosts of this show. <laughs> you cannot convince me otherwise. Like they, you gotta switch them off and get them in there. Like they are the most pure, sweet, wholesome people. I'll never forget Tasha's dad riding a scooter. What a what a champ but so so joy they are like (laughs) michelle's parents are the sweetest little things also what i love is like when i I really don't feel like we need to go that in depth into the conversations that everyone has on these dates because they're the same as they are every hometown every season uh, generic questions but the thing that stands out to me is just like so freaking cute how much her parents love each other like sitting there holding hands and like when her mom is talking to her about Matt and she's like well you know how your father like loves me so much and has always put me first and blah 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 and I was like yeah I just kindly um coming from a broken home I would just really love to fill out an application for Michelle's parents to adopt me. Well, she's like, she literally is like, what do you, do you see your dad in him? And I'm like, break my heart. Like the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. Especially Uh, because if someone asked me that question and I said, yes, I would swiftly break up with that man. (laughs) I've dated someone who was like, just like my dad and I will not do it again. I love my dad. I'll never do it again. So Good for Michelle for wanting that in her life, but that's going to be a hard pass from us. That's not the energy I'm going for. Absolutely Um, not. Um, For totally opposite reasons, but not the energy either of us is going for. 
at one point when she's talking to Matt, I don't know if you caught this because you and I both tend to zone out when it gets boring. Yes. She's talking to Matt and she says something traumatic happened to her two years ago. Yes. And we never heard anything about it prior to now. We didn't learn anything about it when she brought it up. It was very clearly something her and Matt had already discussed. The show just chose to not show it to us. And I was thinking about it. I was like, that's so weird. And they've done stuff like this before with like wonky editing. It's almost like they forget what they have and haven't shown us. But then I went on Twitter and I got, like, I saw a tweet. I literally quote these two people all the time because I'm obsessed with them. Emma Gray and Claire Fallon from Here to Make Friends podcast. Emma Gray tweeted, what happened two years ago to Michelle? Did I miss something big? I am so mad we got five episodes of Victoria bullying bullying women of color on this show and just skipped over learning things about Matt's final four. And I just wanted to acknowledge that. Obviously, we have talked a lot about and very critically about the way women of color are treated on this show in terms of editing. But it is worth noting that clearly Michelle has had something happen to her that affects the way that she is in a relationship with Matt because it's clearly affected her life and we know nothing about it. Yeah. But we watched 40 minutes of Victoria every week for five weeks. And there was this reaction of the top four. People were like, I literally, like we said last week, I was like, I wish we would have seen more of Brie and Michelle. I know people who literally were like, I don't even know who they are because like there was so little shown of them and they each got one one one-on-one. And basically like when Michelle and Matt greeted each other for their date tonight, I was like, oh, the first that they've like interacted in front of us since her one-on-one. We didn't learn about anybody except the fucking drama and especially not women of color. Like, especially we learned mostly about dramatic white women. Especially we learned nothing about any of the women that mattered on this season, which sucks. So then basically they have all these conversations, very standard hometown date conversations, and they end her date with them all playing basketball. Just absolutely put a stake in my heart. Like, I mean, it was her mom could play defense for the Knicks. She's incredible. <laughs> she was box out. She was, bo- I saw her doing it. She was doing the box out method. I used to play basketball when I was in eighth grade. I saw her doing it. I was like, girl, I see you. Like, where is your contract with the Knicks? Okay. She's amazing. What a legend in the moment. And then like, she makes a basket at one point. I was like, okay, sharpshooter. And then Matt and Michelle kiss and the parents kiss. And I was like, literally roll credits. Like this is, this is it. This should be it. But unfortunately, as we know, it is is not. not. So then we go into the date that if Rachel didn't win, I would honestly just skip over talking about it because I just really don't want to talk about her anymore. But seeing as it's pretty much confirmed at this point, she did win. We probably should talk about it just because it plays into the decision of the show. But get to Rachel's date she decides to do nothing that pertains to her hometown and go skydiving Matt reminds me a lot of my partner in this sense that he just doesn't have a lot of strong reactions to things like like Rachel said we're gonna go skydiving and Matt said cool that's like a month ago I've always wanted to go in a shark cage but I would never go skydiving I'm very judgmental of people who go skydiving but I'll go in a shark cage and I said to my partner I said Ben, at this aquarium in Georgia, you can go in a shark cage. Would you want to do that with me? And he was like, I guess. It's the same reaction of Matt skydiving. Like, it's a very mild, neither here nor there reaction to, I feel like, something that most people would have a strong reaction to. To, like, a big thing. Like, maybe care about it a little. Yeah, that's very iconic, actually. I I strive for that energy of, like, okay, I'll go 
sit in a shark cage with you if you want me to. One thing I do want to point out about the skydiving, we see them, we cut to them in the plane. Rachel has decided to skydive with her hair down. On what fucking planet would you jump out of a plane with your hair just fully down? I was like, that's going to get caught in the string when they try to pull the parachute. Like, girl, low bun. (laughs) It's going to be a mess. It's going to get windy, as we see later. I'm not even saying it from an aesthetic point. Just like, that's so impractical. Like, when your hair gets (laughs) caught in the wind, and then it's just like a full, like, rat's nest on your head. That sucks. Like, nobody wants that. Why wouldn't you just put it up so that 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 doesn't happen? Also, she planned the date. She wasn't caught off guard. (laughs) Right. So, so weird. They jump out of the plane. And then she had a skydiving instructor who was about 12 years old. Yeah, no wonder they landed wrong. They picked a literal 12-year-old to land her. Off the literal street. (laughs) They were like, you want to skydive right now? I'll give you 20 bucks. One thing that's good about him being young and small was that he landed on top of her when she face planted into the earth. Like, if it had been a bigger man, Rachel would have been fucked. Oh, yeah. Goner. So they jump out of the plane. Matt is with an instructor who I now think Matt is leaving all the women on the show for the man he jumped out of the plane with because they landed on the ground. And like, I get it. Like you just jumped out of a plane. Like your adrenaline is really coming down. But Matt literally had, so when you skydive, the person who's the instructor is behind you and you're like in tandem in front of them. And so when they landed, Matt was like basically sitting in this man's lap and he made no active effort to not be sitting in this man's lap. He's the person after sex who's like, don't you want to cuddle? And the other person does not want to cuddle. Like that was the vibe that that had. He was like leaning on him and he was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) Kept leaning on him. He literally snuggled with him. I would love it. I think that that would be the best thing that could have happened this season if Matt James ran away with the skydiving instructor make it interesting so then rachel lands about a minute later and she does not land well it was actually very scary to watch like it was she basically like again when you're skydiving with someone you're in front so she basically landed like in a full face plant on the earth with this guy behind her so like his weight on top of her and I mean it was like face to earth like I'm shocked she did not have a broken nose her legs could not have landed right like nothing was like right about the fall it wasn't like we saw Matt land and he kind of like sat into it but Rachel was like her legs kind of fell sideways and then she fell on her face and I was like oh my god she just broke her leg like I was like I swear to god like something horrible just happened no it was scary to watch and Matt obviously had like a very visceral reaction to it like super freaked out and then my roommate looked at me and non-ironically said do you think she fell hard for Matt on this date Which is why, like, even though, like, we're on a quest to get men to watch The Bachelor, this is why men shouldn't watch The Bachelor. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. I mean, we want you to, but also, like, don't do it. So then they have this conversation where Rachel says that she's so grateful that Matt was there for her. And I was like, well, if he hadn't been, I think he'd be Satan. (laughs) You face planted out of a plane. But I guess the bar is that low for men. I mean, I've dated men who would just run the other way. be like I didn't see it and they'd be like you know your girlfriend broke her legs they'd be like "Mm, news to me I had no idea (laughs) but good you know good for him I guess that he was that he asked if she was fine the bar is like really just so low for men like the earth's core (laughs) I mean I would have to dig so deep to find the bar 
<laughs> she was like, Matt, like, you know, he was so scared when he saw it and it lets me know how much he cares about me. Okay, homegirl, I don't like you. I think that you're a racist on my television every week, but I was scared for you. You face planted out of a plane. Yeah, like I literally could not be less of a fan and I almost ran through my TV screen to be like, are you okay? That was scary to fucking watch. I would do it for a stranger. I would do it for my ex-boyfriend who I hate. That was fucking terrifying. <laughs> She's like, Matt loves me so much. Like, so basically he wants to get married and then Which he- we learned that he does. <sighs> Well, he does say the thought of losing you set in, which is crazy because I was like, you've known each other for like six seconds. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. Okay. What am I watching? This is turned around. Also her hair went from like being obviously because she skydived with her hair like down crazy to just like suddenly perfect and like one cut and her makeup was on. And I was like, great. Okay. Love it. We go to the night portion of the date with Rachel's parents and her younger sister, who is literally Rachel with a wig on. Um, They look identical. And I I just, like, I really think it's, like, a a very choice thing. Rachel wins. And normally when, when a winner's dates happen, you get that, like, swell of beautiful music. Like, they're trying to, like, let you know that this is the winner. They literally straight up played like an orchestration from Get Out as they walked up to the house. And I was like, ABC? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, if her mom starts stirring a spoon in a teacup, we got to get the fuck out of here. I'm not- Cut the cameras and run. Yeah, this shit was fucking- But did you notice that? It was like no, spooky yeah. music when they walked up to the house. I was like- It literally okay. was like Jordan Peele horror movie music. Yeah. This date was like nothing special, but also just like- there's always that one pair of parents that are so fucking annoying. And that was these parents. A lot of the times, like we said with Michelle's parents, like we love Michelle's parents. I really liked the other parents we saw, Bree's and like Bree's mom and, and uh, Serena P's parents. But these parents to me, I mean, I get being really critical of this process. I know that this process is like shitty. And like Bree's mom later is very critical of the process. But the way that her dad, Rachel's dad, like handled this and was talking to Matt, I was, I would like zoned out, honestly, because I was like, I don't even, this conversation is like so weird for me. Like, it's so uncomfortable. I felt like he was blaming him for like the process of the show. And I was like, I mean, he has four women left. Your daughter is one of them. He clearly likes her. He clearly is falling for her. Like most literally. Yeah. And so obviously we're going in biased because we know what we know about Rachel, but even so they just did nothing for me. There was no standout moment. They weren't like super fun. They weren't super inviting. They were just kind of like there. Yeah. It was not really anything, but I, something I did want to point out that really, again, we're going in pre-informed about Rachel and that might um, color some of the way that we think about her and what she does on the show. But Something that really made me mad at the end of the date was Rachel clearly comes from a decently religious home and asking for her father's blessing is clearly something that is important to her, which by the way, um, if you want your future partner to ask for your father's blessing, that is fine. That's your prerogative. That being said, I think it's the most antiquated thing in the entire world that a woman is it's implied that a woman is not autonomous enough to decide that she wants to marry someone like her father has to literally give her away but that's a story for another day (laughs) your father owns you until another person owns you like okay it's it's like super very antiquated 
that being said, I understand that it has now just traditional whatever for people. I understand why someone would want it. But I have always thought, I remember thinking Colton season, it's so fucking weird when these men go to hometowns and they ask four different fathers for permission to marry their daughter. And Matt, what he says to Rachel at the end of the date, because Rachel was under the impression that Matt was going to ask for her father's blessing and then he didn't. And Matt explains to her at the end, he's like, that is not a conversation that I want to have with four families. When I get to that point, I will call your father, but it's not a conversation I wanted to have while there are multiple women still here. That is the best thing Matt has said all season. I was like, great. It's the most grounded, normal thing that a male lead has ever said on this show about this process, because it is so, if this is such a deeply personal thing to you that you want to have your father's blessing to get married, then wouldn't it mean more to you if it's at the end, you're it, you're the person like, and then she looks at the camera and her in the moment. And she's like, oh, I just like, it was almost a perfect day. I just, I really thought he was going to ask my dad for his blessing. It made a lot of sense. And I actually, if I were in her shoes or one of the women in this position, thank you, ABC, I would be like, thank you. Like, I'd be like, I really actually appreciate that because I don't want to get my hopes up in like, you asked my father for his blessing, but in reality, you asked forefathers for their blessing or mothers or whoever. Yeah. Like, that's great to me. And she was just kind of bratty about it. Also, the thing about this date is she kept asking him if he was nervous or if he was scared. And it felt like she wanted him to be nervous. She was like, are you nervous? Are you scared? Oh my God. Did you think it went well? Are you scared? And it was like, why do you want him to be scared meeting your family? Like when I'm introducing someone to my family, I want them to feel like really comfortable. I don't want them to be nervous to meet my parents. I want them to be like, like just comfortable in my home. I want them to feel welcome. I want them to feel like my parents like them. The energy that, that the Kurt Connell family has is like the men that wear shirts that are like, you date my daughter and I carry a gun or like whatever the dumb fucking thing is. It's like those stupid, like fucking like vines people would make that were like my daughter introducing her boyfriend to me. And then he's like, (laughs) and like cocks the gun or whatever. Like that's exactly the energy it had. She was like digging for him to be like, I'm so afraid right now. It was not good. Okay. The date ends with it basically going as well as it could have, but Rachel's pissed that he didn't do the thing that we criticize the other male leads for having done. So good on that. By far the worst hometown of the night. Yeah, yeah, far and away. We are shouting out another thrift page this week because we are quite literally addicted to thrifting. My friend Kelsey has started her page Recycled on Instagram and she sources all of her clothes from her followers she offers sustainable style bundles and every thursday everything she posts is less than twenty dollars it is the most affordable and sustainable way to shop i swear to god these instagram thrift accounts will save us uh she has the cutest stuff please check her out on instagram the page is reese.cycled it is reese as in the candy and then cycled as in recycled go check it out seriously amazing clothes half my wardrobe is literally from her next hometown is we meet Bree and we are going off-roading with Bree. Apparently Bree's not allowed to just like wear nice clothes and have a shopping date. Like she has to be like on an ATV off-roading. I mean, it seems like she enjoys these things, yeah. but I was like, why are they just basically giving her a repeat 
of her one-on-one. Yeah. But yeah, they go off-roading. Really nothing of note happens except after they go off-roading, they have a little picnic in a field and something very relatable. Again, I make jokes about my childhood trauma, but as someone who also comes from a broken family situation, I appreciated Brie expressing the concern to Matt when she was like, I'm nervous that I'm going to disappoint you because I can't give you a standard family. Like, because Matt also kind of has a substandard family. And I very much related to that fear because I know that like, when I've dated people who have similar family situations to me, it's kind of like, okay, great. Well, neither of us have like a normal functioning family. So I, I appreciated her expressing that concern. And I think I've talked about it. I think I talked about it on Bree's first one-on-one too. I think she really voices um, what, uh, in a very relatable way, what a lot of people who grow up with single parent homes feel and insecurities that we have as a result of that. So yeah, I love Brie, icon. Yeah, she's the best. And I feel like Matt at one point said like, it's all about going deeper with Brie. And I was like, she quit her job for you. Like she, she's going deep enough, Matthew. You just need to pick up on this shit. Like, I, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I need her to go deeper. I need her to freeze her eggs or something. Just really level up. <laughs> but yeah, she's great. And they have this little picnic moment and then they go to the portion where they meet her family and it's her mom, uh, her best friend who is also named Brie and her baby, baby sister, like, they said baby sister and I was like maybe she's like six a fresh baby straight out of the womb born yesterday Uh, baby at the Nema colon baby shout out to our friend Jessica who discussed the term uh fresh baby in book club and that's why it's in my brain but is it just me that thinks that Bree's friend Bree looks like like if you had told me that that was Serena P's sister on Serena P's hometown date I would have been like yeah of course it is she looks so much like Serena she could have doubled up well, also she walked in and my parent, my mom and I were like, which one's the friend and which one's the mom? Cause her mom <laughs> looks like she's 30. Um, at the like oldest, she looks like she's 30 and she has, I need her skincare routine. I don't know what the fuck she's using, but whatever <laughs> serum she had glowing, well, also- I need it. I, I remember when they were on cabinet. their first one-on-one, you and I were like being, you know, whatever. And we were like, more importantly than the date, like Brie has the most flawless skin I've ever seen. And then we meet her mom and I'm like, okay, so it's just good jeans. <laughs> like, Great jeans. She looks in, she just had a baby. She looks so fucking amazing. I'm like, you are the moment. I know that we've been like really tossing around who should be the bachelorette. And like, I just really feel like it should be Brie's mom, Lauren. Like, yeah, incredible, incredible. And then she sits with Matt. She's like, asking him questions, basically the same conversation we always hear, being critical of the process, what makes my daughter special, all reasonable things. We just hear it a million times. And then we find out very rapidly that Matt will not be picking Brie because at the end of the night, Brie tells him that she loves him. And Matt says, thank you for sharing that with me tonight. Yet again, take a shot every time Matt says, thank you for sharing. I know that he doesn't listen to this podcast, but I like to test him. So I think tonight when Ben calls to say he loves me before bed, I'm just going to be like, thank you for sharing that with me tonight. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. You're very courageous. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, As always, like, thank you, Matthew, for doing the bare minimum Earth's core. We love Brie. We love Brie's mom. We love Brie's friend, Brie. We love Brie's baby sister who just got out, uh, just was just conceived. And they're all icons. We didn't get to see much. That was kind of the whole thing, but- We never heard her friend talk. No, very normal skepticism from the mom, like as one would be. 
And uh, yeah, that's that. And then we move on to Serena P's date. Once again, totally catered to the hometown yes. theme yes. of this episode. Like this went above and beyond of like, this is what we would do if we were in Canada. Loved that. So he also, we go into this date and he says, I've given her as much confirmation as I can. And I was like, Matthew, you've given us nothing. You've given nobody anything. Like we get nothing from you constantly. Okay. And he's like, I've given as much as I can. I'm like, this is like me when I don't study for an exam. And then I'm like, I did, I did the best I could. Like I did whatever I could. Bitch, you went partying and you did not study. That's why you failed. Like, this is the problem. He thinks that he's doing so much. Maybe he is off camera, but we don't see Men are like, I told her that I like her. Like, what more does she want from me? I'm doing the most. I said, thank you for telling me that. I don't know why she thinks that I'm not open. Like, okay. But I will say Canadian contestants on this show always fucking love that they're from Canada and they make me want to be Canadian so bad. I mean, I already want to be Canadian so bad because I hate it here, but then we get Canadian contestants on the show who just fucking love that they're from Canada and the energy is just infectious. I want to move to Canada because this was like Caitlin Bristow, Vanessa Grimaldi, like they're all just like- They love being Canadian. And I don't blame them. This is why I'm talking to someone from Canada. Like this is the only reason, cut that part. Leave it in, leave it in, leave it in. She said it with her chest. (laughs) Sometimes he does listen to this podcast. Um, I hope he's doing well, shout out. So Canada themed date, they go, they do a little Canada quiz about different words, Canadian words, whatever. My favorite part is when Serena, they're trying Canadian foods and Serena looks at him and goes, have you ever had ham, Matt? I was like, (laughs) iconic. She was giving, like giving, 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 okay, on this date. I was like favorite side of Serena I've ever seen. So yeah, she's like feeding him Canadian food. They had like poutine, whatever. And then they went and played hockey. Serena kicked his ass and he was like, I went easy on her. I was like, no, you fuck, no, you fucking didn't. She's better than you. It was so funny. Um, I love an ice hockey date. Yet another reason why I should be a Canadian. Um, it's the only sport I give a fuck about. I just, I, I should move. This is the sign that I needed. We will soon be a Canada-based <laughs> podcast. International. I will be moving there when I marry my Canadian husband and Kayla will be moving with me as my dependent. <laughs> I have told Ben so many times that if we move somewhere that Emily also wants to move, that we have to rent a home or an apartment with enough bedrooms for Emily. So I assume that it applies both ways. (laughs) Yeah, it goes both ways. Like, of course. So Serena C has like a great hometown date. I was like, great planning. It was really cute. Great planning. Much better than the cardboard taxi we got last season. Okay. Hey, 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 hey. Zach did the best that he could. (laughs) (laughs) He did his best. He did his best. No Zach C slander. <laughs> so true. We we do stand him, but yikes. So anyway, yeah. So then they go to the family portion. Her parents are adorable. So, so Canadian. Just Most like, Canadian and also are. just like so in touch with their feelings. Like any time she asked any member of her family what they thought about the situation, anything, they gave her like a full therapist's breakdown of like, it was beautiful. I was like, I've never seen a family this in touch with their feelings. Um, today my mom got mad at me and just hung up. <laughs> so. And they're very like, what do you want? Like they're, it's all based on her yeah, yeah. journey. It's like her, it's so great. They're so sweet. And- they main charactered Serena in the best way. It was no longer a match journey. <laughs> Like, who is Matt, honestly, at this point? Also, her sister, one of my favorite parts of this conversation was her sister uh, talking to her. 
And she, she brought up some very valid points. Like it doesn't seem like you guys have the like it factor that you're looking for all valid points, but like, obviously Matt is hot. So this is relatable, but her, her sister just goes, Matt is everything that I would want for you. Like added the, for you at the end. And I was like, sister girl, like you can just say it. Like you can, we know, we know. Imagine they start dating. Oh my God. Oh my God mess. <laughs> But she's right. She's like, because we, you said this last week, Kayla, you were like, they have no chemistry. None. They have negative None. chemistry. And it's clear. And even they had a great Canada date, but like. But they were like being each other's best, like dude friend. Right. It was like Katie's date yeah. where they were like besties. And then he sent her home because it was like, you guys are besties, <laughs> which is like good. But you also have to have the other aspect. And there's just not the other aspect. So then. Uh, date ends. Serena's feeling very unsure because her parents pointed out what we as viewers have been saying for weeks that they just have no tension, no chemistry at all. And so she leaves with doubts. She tells Matt she has doubts or however she words it. And then the next day he shows up to her room at the Nima Colon to talk about it. And basically the synopsis is that she uh, much more eloquently than I'm about to say it, but she basically just says like, look, I've had doubts for a little while now. I think you're great. I really like you, but I just don't think that I hate when people say this, but I don't think you're my person. And Matt is very upset about this. But the thing about this is, is Matt very upset about this because Matt really saw it being Serena P or is he upset about this because leads get really butthurt at this point if people are not obsessed with them or just in general like he's just upset that somebody is like not interested in him and it's like it's fine like it's okay it's actually better that she did this but yeah he was visibly upset and I was like good for you girl like I said it last week self-elimination station baby and I love when they self-eliminate um this late in the game because then the other women aren't with them anymore. So like the other women just show up at the rose ceremony and the three of them are in there and they're like waiting for Serena to show up. And they say that about a hundred times. They say, Is she coming? Is Serena coming? Is she not coming? About in, a, in as many ways as possible. The producers listed off a bunch of ways they could say it. They did all of them. She's gone. Um, so she goes home, meaning the remaining three women get the roses. But I want to point out that Matt did something weird that I didn't really like. Before he handed out the roses, he was like, I want everyone to think before they accept this rose. Like, this is heading toward marriage and engagement. And I understand the sentiment of, of he's like, okay, I'm serious about this. Like, if you're going to stay, make sure you're serious. I get what he was trying to do. But it also just felt very, like, the way he was saying it, it just felt very, like, if you don't want to marry me right now, go home. Like, this is heading toward marriage. And I was like, okay. It was, like, a little attacky towards Serena P. And I feel like Allie, like, Allie did this her season because her third place person left. And then she only had two roses and two guys left. And she said to them, she was like, really, like, think about if you want to accept this rose. But I liked when she did that. I was like, Yeah. yeah, because it's not just about like her liking them. It's also about them liking her. And the same thing with Matt. It's like, it's not just Matt liking these women. They do need to think about like, if they like him, obviously these three really do. But yeah, the way he said it was like a little attacky and a little like, yeah, it was I understood the sentiment, but I was just like, we could have worded this differently. It, It seemed very like, if you don't want me to get down on one knee in the next five minutes, then walk away. And it was Literally. like, okay. 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 Seems weird. 
What we did learn at the end of the episode, the only important thing that happened this entire episode, we had a flash forward to the women tell all next week. And I just want to say Matt James was always attractive, but Matt James with a beard. I was like, okay, for the first time all season, I've been attracted to Matt James. It happened tonight. It happened right now. I'm only watching next week for Matt James beard. So, and like when it, when he's like there and like talking and going, uh, huh, huh, I probably like it will fade, but right now <laughs> it's very attractive. I, um, yeah. and the women tell all is going to be thrilling because usually I don't, I like the women tell all, but I don't usually like it because it separates it like breaks it up and I'm yeah. always like I want to know what happens I don't give a fuck what happens we know what happens so I'm like I'm ready for the drama bring on Victoria I, bring on MJ bring on Anna let's call them all out like let's do it I feel similarly about the women tell all structure that I do about the presidential debates if you're not speaking you should be muted because what makes the women tell all so unbearable to me is that they all just shout over each other and I can't figure out who's talking, who's even being asked a question. They're all just screaming for no reason. And I just like don't understand how the presidential debates and the women tell all have like the same just utter lack of production quality that they just, there's some bored sound tech that just won't mute a microphone. I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. And they edit shit weird. They edit shit to be like, that girl rolled her eyes at that when like really she didn't. And it's always like, oh, which they do the whole season. But yeah. Women tell all it's like very prevalent because they're all there. Eh, I don't, it's not normally my favorite. However, I am psyched the fuck up for next week. I'm like, hell yeah, bring it on. I miss it. And just like one final bachelor fashion moment from Victoria Larson. We're going to see her in an ill-fitting Victoria's Secret pink bra that she's had for 12 years because it doesn't fit her appropriately and it's gapping all over the place. Um, paired with a large blazer. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the look. Um, I'm, ex- I'm ready for it. I, vibe. I think I I'm going to like, I'm going to E like red carpet it next week and just comment on what they're all wearing. Cause so Should all we? of them are just so elevated and yeah. Victoria fully is just wearing a bra with a blazer and not in like the stylish way Serena C did it, which can be very iconic, <laughs> but yeah, we'll fucking see, but they're back. They're back next week. And that's the episode. That's the preview we get. Whole Lot of Love is a small business on Etsy based in Denver, Colorado, where you can find cute accessories for you and your dog. It offers reversible over-the-collar dog bandanas that can be personalized with your pup's name, cute totes to carry around all those toys and treats, koozies for your favorite seltzers, and more. This shop was inspired by the owner's golden doodle pup, Lotta, and they hope that your pup will be as stylin' as her with their new bandana. Follow their Instagram for new design releases at Whole Lotta Love. That's W-H-O-L-E-L-A-T-A, love, whole lotta love. Not to be biased, but even if you don't have a dog to buy accessories for, you should absolutely go follow this account. Again, that's whole lot of love. Lotta is spelled L-A-T-A. Lotta is the cutest dog I've ever seen in my entire life. I am obsessed with her. And I regularly threaten to steal Lotta from Emily. So please go follow this account. You will not regret it. And her accessories are really, really cute and super affordable. And I just ordered one for my dog. And it's really affordable, super cute. So if you are a dog lover or you know a crazy dog lover, this is the spot for you. So now we get to the only thing I've been looking forward to talking about. Thank God. The tea. The tea. So Clarendale um, couldn't be louder 
if they try can they can they shut the fuck up they're main charactering themselves so hard they're posting shit first it was like they were trying to be subtle and they're like posting shit at the same restaurant that's very clearly the same table and you're like we get it you're together and then today there was a picture posted of them making out on the beach so no secret I think I predict they're going to get they're going to break up and get back together at least two more times before they're permanently done yeah or they'll break up and get back together like a bunch more and then get engaged and we'll be like not a good idea and then get married and we'll be like really not a good idea <laughs> then they'll break up again and either way it's like we just don't we don't care well we don't also care. not not right now not now <laughs> not now go away like yeah, like when, we're, when we're in a dead time between seasons, sure, I'd love this. But right now, where the franchise is having like a reckoning with its racial crisis, and Claire and Dale are like, "You want to see us make out on the beach?" <laughs> like, absolutely not. I do not. <laughs> it's so there's they couldn't be louder. They're so loud. They're so. Ugh. But so I do annoying. feel, on a more serious note, about them. I do feel for them in the sense that, well, I feel for. I feel for Dale. I don't necessarily feel for Claire because it is it is her fault. But if you were going to leave with someone on the show after two weeks and you felt so passionate about them, you knew it was them, why would you get engaged after two weeks? Why can't you just leave dating and like enjoy your time? Because I honestly think, not that like Claire and I are besties and she's told me, but just from what I can infer about their relationship, what made it self-destruct is the fact that they got engaged after two weeks and like Claire yeah. was fully ready to start having babies. Like- if they had just left dating, probably wouldn't have broken up. They pushed yeah. this engagement on them, which I do think was like what Claire wanted. But like Dale wasn't ready. I mean, he wanted to be with her, it seems. So it's like, why wouldn't you just like let them fucking date? This show is so weird. Uh, <laughs> and so they like made them get engaged. And obviously that was toxic. And I felt for Claire with when the breakup was happening. And I felt for Dale, like when that all was happening, like, They've both been through it. And I really, I mean, we make jokes and we're like, they're loud and they're trying to be the main character. I don't actually care at all. Like at all. And I hope that they're happy and I hope that they do what they want. And I hope that they don't get shit for it. Like, I don't actually want to like shit on them. I just want to be like, I, you don't have my attention. Sorry. (laughs) So in other mess, um, similar situation peter and kelly posting from the same restaurants all the time very clearly back together in new york unsure Uh, it's just so messy and so annoying so i don't have much to say about them if there's any couple i care about less than claire and dale it's peter and kelly truly at this point it's like i don't have time to care about these people it's not like oh i hate them and i don't i don't whatever no i like literally don't i just i don't have the time of day if you can find the time in my schedule to look into these people's lives and be my guest, I, I don't, I don't have the time. So good luck to both of them. I hope that they are uh, happy. I don't know. So, so messy. I love it. And lastly, on the gossip train, this is the one that I do have plenty of time to care about. I have so much time to care about this piece of gossip. So as we all know, let's travel back in time, shall we, to Hannah Brown's season of The Bachelorette. Hannah Brown has made The Bachelorette. She goes on to pick Jed Wyatt. They get engaged and we find out after they get engaged and we it kind of breaks in between, much like the Matt, James and Rachel situation, it breaks between when filming is done and, and the finale that Jed went on the show with a girlfriend. He is adamant that he broke up with her in his heart, but his girlfriend 
did not feel broken up with. She just saw her boyfriend on The Bachelor getting engaged. So they break up. Time goes by. And he's now dating someone else. Hannah Brown's dating someone else. All is fine and good. Hannah Brown's younger brother posts the other day on Instagram stories, a happy birthday story to a girl that he's clearly dating. It's a dating story. And it is Jed's ex-girlfriend that he had when he went on the show. So now this girl is still very much in Hannah Brown's life, like dating her brother. This (laughs) shit is amazing. Okay. I say I don't have time for this shit. No, I have time for this shit. Okay. I, 100% I could have time. Dig through the dark web on this all day. This is amazing. This is like when my brother took a girl to prom and then my other brother started dating that girl. That was amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. I love it. I have no notes. I think that this is iconic. <laughs> it's messy. It's horrible. I would never do it proceed and hannah brown and her brother are really close too yeah they're like besties so i'm just like what is the like i i don't fucking know all i know is i loved it if she set them up actually very main bitch energy (laughs) huge main character energy of hannah brown huge but i don't know how it happened i hope that's how it happened but god knows but yeah it's it's very iconic and a mystery Lastly, this is not really gossip, but as you know, everyone surrounding the Rachel, Chris, Matt James situation, everyone at this point had made a statement except for Matt James, most likely because he's under contract. He's the lead. He's like leads contestants on this show, all that are not supposed to really make statements or give appearances until they've been eliminated from the show. If they're a contestant or the season ends, if they're the lead, obviously this is a special circumstance. So it appears that he was given permission to make a statement, which he did. And he publicly criticized the franchise's race problem on his Instagram post. He said that the franchise has fallen short following controversy on the season that led him to reevaluate his final decision. It's very clear from the post that he and Rachel are no longer together. Just the way that he spoke about the situation. Like there was no, not that she deserves to be protected from what she did or whatever, but if they were still together, it definitely would have been worded more protectively over Rachel. Yeah. Well in the past, when he's done interviews, he was still kind of like he did one with Lauren Zima where he was still kind of protective over her. Yeah. And at this point, like not she didn't deserve it then and she doesn't deserve it now but yeah we're getting we're not getting it now and we yeah so it's a long statement obviously because he's the lead of this franchise and i i'm not going to read it because it, it takes it's it's long but go read his statement on his instagram really important to hear from him seeing as this franchise has been capitalizing off of his blackness since they cast him because they finally got to market that they had the first black bachelor he goes on to talk about it's really sad actually he goes on to talk about how these have been like the hardest few weeks of his life and i really feel for him it's sad and he's also just been put in the worst possible position of answering for this franchise's race problem when he like wasn't even really a part of it until they asked him to be the lead. And now he's become like the face of like who has to answer for the bachelor having a race problem. Right. Like he literally hasn't been on before. He was not part of the franchise much like, like Rachel Lindsay has had to answer for it for years and it's not fair to her either. It's never fair. It's not fair to the people of color that we make them 
the spokesperson for fix the bachelor. Yeah. Right. Like fix the problem. It's like, no, we all have to like do our part to try to fix this shit. Cause it's, it's absolute bullshit. So yeah, go read his statement. Uh, very, you know, I saw it right before watching the episode and it's, I'm glad that he was able to speak on it um, and yeah. say what, what's on his mind. Cause as we know, the contracts on this show can be very, very binding. Yeah, I'm glad that they they let him speak um, because I I feel horrible for him. Like he he got asked to be a part of this, was so excited about it. He got on the show only to pick a girl that ended up having like really serious racist allegations when right. the whole point of them casting him as The Bachelor was that they needed a black bachelor. So it's like the very reason he was cast. Right like he's still dealing with like the effects of racism in, in, an, in an environment where that should have been very controlled and very screened. And it's just really sad. That was, it was made to feel like it was, you know yeah. what I mean? Like when they chose him, they made it to feel like, look, we like, have such a diverse group. We see now, we see now performative, obviously. And we, you know, had our questions then. It's like, is this performative? Is it real? Whatever. But you like to believe, like, look at them, you know, maybe they're fixing it. Maybe they're working on it. Maybe they're doing these things. And now it's very clear that they didn't. Yeah. And that's upsetting. I just want to know why, like when I apply to a job, my social media gets screened, but these women are on national fucking television and, and ABC just doesn't check their social media. Like, my social media got checked to work at the university I work for in the admissions office. Like why? Like, and I'm not on a public platform of any kind. Right. I guess, except for this podcast. They definitely checked mine because I was not cast. <laughs> and uh, if they <laughs> uh, if they saw anything I've ever tweeted, that would make sense. <laughs> you, would not you definitely me. tweeted something like never dating a man named Matthew again. And they were like, okay, well, why would you tweet that? And then yeah. apply. <laughs> I absolutely slandered pilot Pete for like a year and a half. And they were like, we can't cast her. She hates everyone that's been on the show. And I'm like, you know what? That's fair. That's a good point. You know what points were made, <laughs> but why did they vet mine harder than, than hers? She's fucking racist. So it's kind of, it's like, why did they, why didn't they vet it? Or they did and they just wanted to make TV out of it, which is so supremely horrible and why this franchise is a disaster and racist and needs to change. It, yeah, I mean, it's just profiting off of traumatizing Matt James. Off of trauma, right. Um, and, and Black viewers and contestants of color and, and Everyone a lot of people. But can. mostly yeah. the, the person who was done the greatest disservice by this is Matt James. And I am excited. I excited is the wrong word. I'm interested to hear him speak both at the women tell all and at the finale. I'm also interested to hear Rachel speak finally, just because, uh, again, we talked about her written in statement, not mine to, to claim, to accept, to deny whatever. But I do think a written apology does tend to be easier because you get to edit it. You get to have a million people proofread it. You get to make sure it's exactly eloquent in what you want to say. And I'm interested to hear her speak live because I think that is where we will see. It's much more telling. It's just much more telling. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is right. with your written statement. So. so anyway, thank you all so much for joining us. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcast if that is where you listen. Follow us on Instagram at Don't Insult My Podcast. And uh, if you have a small business that you love or that you own, send it to us, DM it to us, and we would love to shout you out on an episode. 
Yes. So anyways, we'll see you guys next week for the women tell all um, alternatively called Matt James with a beard. Alternatively called my revival uh, because maybe I will be awake when I watch it. Anyway. Bye. Bye.